Hi, my name is Ruby, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife's assistant, and you're listening to the Dr. Finlayson Fife Podcast Archive. The podcast episode you'll be listening to today is entitled How to Say No Safely, originally produced and published by Cami Hurst of the Sex Therapy 101 podcast. We're excited to share this episode with you, but before we do, we wanted to mention some of our upcoming events. These events will be taking place in Hillsborough, Oregon, and Calgary, Canada. These tickets have already been released and are going quickly, and if you know you would like to attend, you can visit our website at www.finlayson-fife.com events. You can also find links to purchase tickets and learn more in the show notes below. Thanks for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Today for our show, we've got a great submission. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then I'll let you lead the way, and we'll have, a, have an excellent discussion. So our listener writes in, she asks, how do you learn to say no during sex? The background is my husband and I used to have a pretty adventurous life, sex life. I haven't discovered much that I didn't like, and the things I didn't like were due more to physical discomfort, not any kind of taboo I attached to it. Then I stumbled upon my husband's porn use, and I had an unfortunate reaction. That led to me withdrawing my vulnerability with him in the bedroom. He and I are in a really good place, and I've been very receptive to his sexual advances, but the other day we were having a great sexual experience together, and he took the fantasy further than I was mentally ready for. And I didn't say no. I didn't ask him to stop. I gritted my teeth, and I choked on tears until he was done. I didn't want to ruin it for him, and I still have fear that if I don't fulfill the fantasy, that he'll turn back to porn. Once he saw my face, he knew what had happened, and he was so apologetic. He never pressures me or makes me feel like I have done... He never pressures me or makes me feel like I have to do anything. And even the beginning of the experience, he was very attentive to my pleasure. So it doesn't feel like it's a him problem. It's definitely a me problem. He would be totally okay if I asked him to stop, and I know that. But in the moment, I just can't, and I end up making the whole thing worse. How do I say no? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a good question, and I think a way to think about this is that there's a reason why you don't want to say no, and, and the more you can parse out why you don't want to say no, mm-hmm. the more you can, the questioner can think about whether or not that's a wise approach for her to take. And so if she were sitting with me, I would be really wanting to look at, first of all, what did the porn use mean for her? Like, what yeah. was it that she was learning about her husband through that that was so disorienting for her? And in what way did it disorient her? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes we talk about porn in this monolithic way right. that is just, you know, unequivocally bad and destructive. But, you know, there's there's a full range of meaning in terms of what it might mean for somebody who's looking at it, what it might express about the person who's looking at it, what it means to a partner who discovers it, the meaning around why it wasn't told or or exposed earlier that this was part of the spouse's sexual behavior. And so I would be really curious about what the wife in this question felt like she learned about her husband, if anything, because a yeah. lot of times people don't really want to understand it 
or explore with their spouse what it means for them. And but it's what does it mean for her and, and, and why did it terrify her so much? Because it seems that her not saying no is very much linked to trying to control something in him. Exactly. She's taken on the belief that it's her responsibility to keep some level of fulfillment in him to prevent his use again. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and so I think that, that that's why she's not saying no. She's trying to control what she can't control, which is him. Mm-hmm. And sort of this imagination, I think that she, this idea that she has, and I think a lot of women have it, is that I'm the one who's going to keep him being, you know, good, essentially. Yeah. And so keeping myself sexually available is a kind of a tacit control that I have. And, you know, while I believe that we impact one another in marriage and and that if someone's in a sexless marriage, they're probably going to be more likely to find other forms of sexual expression outside of the partnership, but that's not the same thing as saying that, you know, one has control over, or that, first of all, that somebody who's looking at porn is doing it because they're unhappy in their marriage. That's not true. And right. also that one has control by keeping themselves sexually available. It's, it's more the idea that I think a lot of women have been enculturated into is this idea that sex is a commodity that you offer. And if you don't offer it, then they go find the commodity elsewhere. And, you know, there are plenty of people who are willing to take their sexuality outside of their marriage that are willing to do it in a secretive way. That's all true, but that's different than they, that what's driving them is the absence of something in the marriage. And so I think that if I were the, speaking to the woman, I mean, I I would really want to better understand what she's afraid of in the porn because she's getting, she's presenting her question in a way where she suggests that she does trust her husband and that she sees him as somebody who wants a collaborative sexual relationship with her, you know, a relationship that's about two of them. And he's quite horrified about the idea that she's saying yes to something that's not really a yes. And that suggests, I mean, I don't know, but that she's partnered with a a good guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And she knows she's partnered with a good guy. So there's something in the porn that feels scary to her that either it will turn him into a bad guy, which I think is an idea we very much have in in our culture. And I think also maybe the fear that she can't compete with it. And, and this mm-hmm. may not be how she sees it, but a lot of women that I work with do see it this way, that I can't oh, yeah. compete with it. And so I have to try. I've got to try to compete with it. And again, I think that's reducing oneself as a sexual partner and sexual being because first of all I think a loving partner who's showing up and bringing her self to any sexual engagement in in an honest way and a loving way is so much farther ahead of anything in the realm of porn it's like just makes porn look sort of cheap and silly Um, and so the idea that it's even on the same level is to reduce ourselves but i also think that this idea of managing him is a is it really interferes as i think she's seeing in this instance it really interferes with with real intimacy it interferes with creating collaborative partnership it 
trying to basically, in some sense, control somebody, paradoxically, really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, being afraid that they won't control themselves, in a sense, that, that your partner won't basically make decisions that are decent and fair. And, and if you're operating under that idea... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to actually set up something that feels truly free and truly intimate because you think there's something lurking there that if you aren't regulating it, it'll it'll take take over. Yeah, by trying so, to compete, you're already limiting yeah. the possibility of the the genuine intimacy that can be created. Yes, exactly. So I think that, you know, there's, I think what I would say to her is I would want to be challenging the idea of her control and that it's actually shooting herself in the foot because it's co-constructing a collusive marriage, not a, not a fully honest one. Hmm. And so then her husband, in a sense, can't fully trust her because is she really saying yes or is she just saying yes in this accommodating way? Mm-hmm. Does she really want this and she's finding it pleasurable or is she trying to manage me? And then you um, collude and create all these kind of barriers between you when her goal was to increase the intimacy. Okay. What's actually happening is you're destroying it. Yes. Exactly. So I think, yeah, so it interferes on that front. And then I think that I would probably challenge her to know her husband more around the pornography. Like, what did it mean to him? Why did he seek it out? What did he seek out? What kind of content? What does the content that he sought out say about him and his own history and his own erotic map in a sense because you know so much of what we imagine the fantasies in our heads whether they're on screen or they are in our own minds you know say a lot about who we are and the histories we come from and some for some that might be a terrifying idea because you know fantasies are a little bit like dreams you know that they they're symbolic often and they represent our experiences and so we're often ashamed of them or feel anxious about them, but what can we understand about what they mean? And, and why was he, if I were the wife, maybe, you know, to ask why was he looking at it even when he was partnered with me? And was it about being dissatisfied with the partnership? Was it about something else? Because I think if you want a more intimate and free relationship, you want to understand who you're partnered with. Yeah. And and I think so often upon discovery, there's the withdrawal and the punishing yes. and um, the temptation Absolutely. to pull away rather than the, what would be healing is to lean in and to say, tell me about this. Right. Show me what you're missing. What are you looking for here? What is it about this yes. that is so intriguing? And can yes. we create exactly. that? And because it's, we're afraid of it, you know, and I, I don't, I don't pathologize that in people. It's easy to feel like, Oh my gosh, this, aspects of my spouse I didn't know they feel very invalidating they scare me yeah and so it's really easy to want to claim the moral high ground of you perv basically and <laughs> right. you know and we have a lot of cultural support for doing that in a sense because this idea that you will you have let you know your most base self take over so here we are and you're doing damage to us and 
I'm not saying that the spouse isn't doing something that's destructive. They may well be. But I think being willing to stay awake enough to see what's there takes a lot of courage. Because for many of us, it's like an implication on ourselves, like how somehow I'm insufficient. So I would rather just shame you mm-hmm. because then I can get my head back together. Yeah, I can saying, soothe you know, my own discomfort by finding a moral yeah. platitude to stand on. That's right. That you're a piece piece of crap husband <laughs> disappointed me is an easier position for many of us than to understand that husband and we may find things about our spouse in that exploration that really do terrify us with reason okay so i'm not saying that it's all great and it's just judgmental partners that can't handle knowing their spouses okay. sometimes why we don't want to know is because there is darker realities there or manipulative or exploitative realities. And that can also be true. And so waking up to who your spouse is, again, it takes a lot of courage because it will often rupture the, it, it ruptures the fantasy or the image we have in our head rather than the real person our lives are uh, revolving around. And so, uh, so I think it takes a lot of courage to know and understand, but I think it's really important. And then you have to sort out, you know, do I do I trust this person or not? And I'm not saying trust is a virtue. I'm saying trust is a judgment call that is important. You know, is this person functioning in a way that I believe is trustworthy enough, right? Mm-hmm. That I can continue to be in an honest conversation with them and continue to be in a collaborative relationship with them in which we are creating something that kind of incorporates more of each of us as a function of friendship, but not as a function of control. The collaborative and I think piece. Hard, you know, because when, when we feel disrupted by knowing something about our spouse that invalidates us, that challenges the view of reality that we want or the view of them that we want or of ourselves, often the very next thing that many of us want to do, and I understand the instinct in it, is to want to control the other person. Start parenting them in a sense, start, you know, shaming or judging them or punishing them through a brawl, as you talked about, Cammie. And, you know, there's just a lot of ways that we want to do that to keep propping up the world that we want to live in, not the one we do live in. Hmm. I love that, that we want to prop up the world we want to live in instead of the one that we do. And our fear keeps us from being real with who we are and who our partner is and the relationship. Right. Exactly. Honesty takes a lot of courage, you know, and not just to be knowable yourself, but to know who your spouse is. And so bringing, if this is more, what this woman is saying is I'm afraid to be honest. (laughs) Mm. You know, I'm afraid to be honest because I'm afraid if I'm honest, I won't be enough for him. And so I kind of lie to him through consent, and then he actually probably feels a little less trust of her just to be straight about where she's coming from and what she wants. And I think even if she were to say, you know, I may just be having a reaction. I may just be going into this, he's using me frame, and I may even be wrong but I'm there and I can't get out of it. And I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's a collaborative position So because what, it's yeah. saying I'm honest and I'm real and I'm willing to be honest with you because 
if I'm pretending something and we're going forward when I'm not really with you, I've broken my alliance with you. You know, in any good sexual partnership, there's a strong alliance, there's a strong willingness to show up honestly and co-create something that blesses both people, ultimately. And so she's afraid to be honest uh, because she'll lose control. And I think she needs to think about if it's a kind of control that really is going to make her life better. I think she knows it isn't. I think that's why she's asking the question. Mm-hmm. What she needs to get better focused on is controlling herself and in the face of who her husband is. And that so would that look would include, like, what would that look like for yeah, her? It would, exactly. It would include knowing her husband better. Right? Like, who, what, where do I get uncertain? What am I still unclear about? What am I trying to control? So it's like getting more honest information on the table because then she's able to make better decisions. So she, I, you know, only lunatics don't want to control. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not normally how we think about it. <laughs> we think of control as a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. But we want a sense of control over our own lives, and that's that's reasonable. That's that's how we all are. It's really the question of whether or not we're going to try and control other people rather than controlling ourselves. And that's what this question is about, and it's very, very human. We all do it. And Um, I see her as choosing to kind of take the hit, and I'll be the one that's uncomfortable because I don't think you can handle being uncomfortable. That's right. Exactly. And so, you know, it's very, on one one frame, someone would say, well, that's selfless of her, you know. Mm -hmm. But in another frame, that's about her trying control the outcome because because as you say Candy, she doesn't think he can handle being uncomfortable now maybe that's true but maybe not you know and, mm-hmm. and I think it's more that she's afraid of the discomfort of finding out you know, who he is and what he can and will handle and and also afraid of the discomfort of asking him to handle his discomfort if they're going to create something that's truly partnered mm-hmm. right because if it's truly partnered both people are it's equally yoked. I mean, both partners are handling some discomfort at times, handling disappointments at some time, to, in order to work together to create something shared. But if you don't trust your partner can or will do it, well, then it's not going to be an intimate. You'll start trying to manage it through masking or managing the other person and masking yourself or managing what you show the other person. And so... So I think the, the control for her is it would come through knowing him better. I think the control for her would be in being willing to show who she is more and allow her to find, allow herself to find out, allow them to find out if he's willing to really choose her or not. Because when she takes the information off the table, it gets harder to know is he going forward because he doesn't know I don't want it or is he going forward because he can map that I don't want it but he doesn't care you you make yeah. it very difficult to discern that and so I love how um, this is all coming together the idea that true intimacy is extremely explicit and collaborative and our fear often prompts us to try to take the reins and be in control and manage everything which right. is actually the antecedent of intimacy 
Right. I mean, we all say we want intimacy, but really, in reality, it's quite terrifying intimacy. I mean, that is to say, like, I really am going to let you know me, and I'm going to know you and all of our thoughts and all the ways we disappoint. (laughs) We only want to know the thoughts that we're okay with. We only want to know what they want if it lines up with what we're okay with. Exactly. Right. And so it means, in a way, giving up control over whether or not we're loved, because that you let it be the other person's choice, and you give up control of whether or not they approve of everything that they see about you if you're really in an intimate partnership because you let them know who you are and and you also give up any illusion of they're going to be precisely what I have in my head and want them to be. I'm willing to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that, it, that's the best way to control your life, actually, but it will, you, it will challenge your perception of control over the validation and the, the worldview you want to have intact. So... Again, it's harder to live in the real world. It's easier to live in the one we have had in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of us but have the been... the real one makes us stronger. Yeah, a lot of us have been given an image of what should be. And when that doesn't work out, we get really, really fearful. And I love what you're saying, yes. that we lean into that instead of away from. Yes, right. exactly. If you'd like more access to Dr. Finlayson Fife and her insights... Check out the links in our show notes in order to get more information about Dr. Finlayson Fife's online courses, her free Facebook group, as well as her other social media platforms. Thank you for listening.